there's a story in the Bible about a wicked servant who found out he was about to be fired. So he basically starts giving favors, cutting deals, and giving away his master's stuff so that he'll have friends when he gets thrown out. Guess what? That's happening today. Our politicians in D.C. have been using the people's money to make life better for themselves and their friends, and you and I are paying the bill. We're supposed to be the masters, and the government works for us. Doesn't it feel like we work for the government instead? They get special perks, sell influence, and are treated like royalty. We beg for scraps from the table, even though the table is supposed to belong to us and was bought with our money. Join me in the Economic War Room where we will share a plan to stop the D.C. greed, hold the bums accountable, and take back our rightful authority as we the people under our American Constitution. Every day, there are new examples of blatant hypocrisy coming from our politician. They say, rules for thee, but not for me. That seems to be the motto. We're told to wear masks, stay in our homes while they attend lavish parties or take maskless vacations. We used to call them public servants, but now they are self-proclaimed public masters with mandates and dictates that they themselves ignore. It wasn't supposed to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. But how else can you explain people spending millions of dollars to win a congressional seat that pays $170,000 a year? That's nice money, but would you spend millions of dollars in a campaign for that job? Come to think of it, have you ever wondered how politicians all get so wealthy on a government salary? The late Senator Harry Reid was asked that very question, and he answered, I did a very good job investing. Very good indeed, Senator Reid. You accumulated a fortune sum estimated at $10 million, all while working on a government salary that started at $77,000 a year in 1987 and never exceeded $193,000 30 years later. And you lived a lavish lifestyle in between. That's quite a feat. National Review did an analysis of your stock trading and found that, how should I say it, Senator Reid was well-informed. Maybe. And he's not alone. Many of our so-called public servants have profited remarkably from their time in office. To better understand how politicians get so wealthy, let's ask Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch, one of America's best accountability and integrity foundations. Welcome, Tom. Hey, good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Tom, how do members of Congress get so wealthy? Well, you know, my guess is your listeners already have figured it out. Uh, they get into positions of influence, and when they're in a position of political influence, others who want to influence that make certain opportunities available to them. And in the case of folks like Nancy Pelosi, well, Harry Reid specifically had business deals in, in Nevada, which were notoriously corrupt. So that's, you know, that goes beyond stock picking. Uh, but when you have individual trades by members of Congress, specifically Nancy Pelosi, who initially in defending it said it was capitalism. You know, it's wonderful to have these socialists um, hide behind capitalism in what to me is evidence of insider trading. You know, if I were Securities Exchange Commission, Kevin, I would I would necessarily just presume that individual stock trades by members of Congress are the result of insider trading. They're in the position to know 
what's happening in the economy, what's coming down the pipeline regulatorily, regulatorily. And so, uh, you know, how is it that it's not compromising uh, their stock trading? Uh, and no one's fooled by that. Now, one of the other dirty little secrets quickly is that insider trading Congress has an exemption for. No, there's all, you know, the laws against insider trading make no exemption for members of Congress. Oh, the exemption is they're not prosecuted or investigated the way the private sector would be. So how are they prosecuted and investigated? Rarely, if at all. <laughs> uh, there was an insider trading uh, investigation you know, a year or two ago, I think there was a, a senator, Republican senator, uh, there was Senator Burr, if I recall, and he was exonerated, I guess, a, after the investigation. Uh, but it has to reach a certain level before they'll even take a look at it. And uh, the concern is that you have people in Congress there for dozens of years who are uh, translating public service into personal gain. And, the you know, the other secret sauce here is members of their family get hired on the outside as well to lobby or engage in the D.C. game. And so, uh, you know, it becomes a family affair. Yeah, well, you look at Hunter Biden, for example. I mean, I can't imagine anybody hiring that guy, especially big Chinese corporations or Ukrainian or whatever, unless they had access to, to the then vice president, now president. Yeah, and uh, you know, Diane Feinstein's husband is a big investor abroad and here in the United States. Uh, so it, it's a uh, it's a money making operation because of the influence these officials have when placed into office, and they don't behave in a way to reassure people uh, that the public interest is being pursued. You know, it's one thing to have politics involved, you know, but to have sort of a petty approach to uh, regulating policy or uh, using your office to for personal gain. You know, in this day and age, it's shocking. But, you know, they are politicians, so it shouldn't be surprising. It's it's the, I don't know whether it's the world's oldest profession or not, but, you know, it's up there, yeah. if you know what I well, mean. Well, maybe the world's two oldest professions have a lot in common. Right. All right. Other than exposing what's happening, um, should we ban insider trading? You said it's already illegal. Maybe we should just ban stock trading. Yeah, I mean, we should enforce the law. I think one compromise would be for the Securities Exchange Commission. You know, President Trump used to complain, well, the IRS automatically audits the files of um, uh, the president. Well, maybe the Securities Exchange Commission automatically reviews individualized stock transactions by members of Congress uh, because the presumption is that they are conflicted or have insider information. And I think that's a fair presumption. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're guilty of a crime and they have to prove themselves innocent. Uh, but even Nancy Pelosi is smart enough to see, well, you know, this is not uh, no one's being fooled by my uh, explanations about um, how I trade stocks or, quote, how my husband trades stocks. And even she seems to be open now to uh, banning them directly. Yeah. You know, my concern generally, though, Kevin, is because, you know, my view is all these ethics rules uh, almost always kind of uh, cut at the corners. They really don't really get to the heart of the matter. And it's the government having so much power and so much influence and therefore so much information that makes it uh, uh, feasible for these members of Congress to cash in the way they are. Yep. We really need to limit the uh, power of government 
and that will more than anything else uh, limit the, the corruption endemic with big government. Thanks, Tom. That's great. I appreciate all the good work you do at Judicial Watch. Thank you. The bottom line is this. Our elected officials have lined their own pockets, all the while dictating to us how we can live, how much of our earnings we keep, and even whether or not we're allowed to work. They're waging economic war in America and profiting handsomely from it. We need to wake up and stop this gravy train of D.C. greed. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll dive deeper into these political money geniuses and see how well they're doing with the public money that belongs to you and me. We've seen how politicians are lining their own pockets while claiming to serve you. We've seen members of Congress get elected poor, make healthy but not spectacular salaries, stay there for a couple of decades and emerge extremely wealthy. Of course, I'm not talking about the successful entrepreneur or businessman who then chooses a life of public service and declines to take their salary or donates it to charity. What I'm worried about is the so-called public servant who arrives in D.C. with no wealth and somehow gets rich. There are two ways to think about this. One is that these politicians are guilty of insider trading, something that would send any one of us in the unwashed masses to jail. Somehow, though, for members of Congress, this has been shady but permissible, as Tom Fitton explained, or they just didn't enforce it. Maybe even worse than profiting off insider trading, though, is the risk that stock trading somehow influences decision-making, impacting us all. There's nothing more than vote buying using the stock market to launder money. It's really wrong to trade stocks based on the policies you know you'll put in place. But it's downright evil to push policies designed to favor your personal stock holdings and make yourself rich while the rest of us suffer. Yet that seems to be exactly what's happening. We've seen a collusion between big government and big corporations like never before in history. Politicians get rich and we lose any say in how our nation is run. You know how in NASCAR the drivers wear logos of all their sponsors? Maybe politicians should do the same for fair disclosure. That way, when you see legislation mandating vaccines, you at least know who's paying for it. I imagine you're as upset as I am to see Dr. Fauci, for example, profiting from the policies that he crammed down on all of us. Is it right for someone in his position to hold shares of Pfizer or Moderna or even worse in Chinese companies? This works both ways. Big corporations also serve the government's agenda. They're being told to no longer look out for their shareholders, but instead to push progressive agendas like climate change, social justice, critical race theory, and LGBTQ quotas in the workplace. That's how we get woke. That's why cartoon M&Ms have to be rebranded to conform to progressive ideology. You don't think that's designed to sell more candy and increase profits, do you? What this amounts to is the big corporation buying votes for the progressives while the progressives get rich helping big corporations, and they make you the loser. Fortunately, there's some good people working to stop this corporate tyranny and even a coalition with a website at StopCorporateTyranny.org. One of the founders of this coalition, on which I proudly serve, is Justin Danoff. Justin's a friend of the Economic War Room. We featured him in episodes 102 and 134. He's also director of the Free Enterprise Project and executive VP and general counsel for the National Center for Public Policy Research. Welcome back, Justin. Thanks, Kevin. It's always great to talk with you and your audience. Quick question. Who should Congress serve? The people, of course. And by the people, let's be specific, the American people. Oh, good. And another quick question. Who should corporations serve? Their owners. 
And when we're talking about publicly traded companies, that means they're shareholders. And of course, if they want to stay in business, they better serve their customers as well. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Now the harder question, who are the companies and the Congress actually serving and why? It's a, it's a great question. Largely, they're serving themselves, right? When we're talking about, you know, insider trading with members of Congress, folks who um, come in with not very much money and they leave millionaires with multiple mansions and multiple states, you kind of have to, you know, put two and two together that they're the ones that are serving their own self-interest. When we're talking about um, public policymakers like Janet Yellen or Jerome Powell or Gary Gensler at the SEC, they're serving their worldview, right? By pushing ESG mandates, uh, boards of director, diversity quotas, this serves their, their, pub, their, their public policy preferences. Um, this doesn't serve customers. This doesn't serve the American people. It doesn't serve the public. They're really pushing their public policy preferences, the Davos worldview, if you will, onto uh, the American people against our will. Well, then who's serving the American people? Well, that's a great question. I mean, you are, you're doing a great service to the American people by educating, um, you know, come to Stop Corporate Tyranny. There's a lots of uh, leaders that are engaged in the process of pushing back on woke capitalism, pushing back on ESG, that's environment, social, and corporate governance nonsense, because we know, again, this isn't in the best interest of shareholders. This is in the best interest of activist investors like Larry Fink, uh, who try and dictate corporate action uh, with passive investment money, and it really has to stop. Well, we've done the polling. The real American people, the investors, they don't want this ESG stuff. It's the C-suite of companies, the Congress pushing that. Uh, but who else wins from this? Well, again, Larry Fink and BlackRock is probably the biggest winner, right? Because, again, they're the largest asset manager in the world, $10 trillion in assets under management. And he uses that money to influence corporate behavior. So he can put environmental mandates on corporations that cripple shareholders. He can put dissident climate change activists on boards like he did last year at Exxon. There's now three board members of Exxon whose stated goal is to bankrupt the company to advance their worldview on the environment. And again, Who's another big winner in all of this, especially when it comes to the regulatory regime, the big business of Larry Fink teaming up with Jerome Powell and Gary Gensler? China. Because when the SEC, for example, upheld the NASDAQ rule, which requires board diversity, diversity of having a woman on your board and an underrepresented minority or an LGBTQ member, guess who they exempted? Chinese companies, right? Because when we put ESG standards on American businesses, that increases the cost of doing business here at home. But guess what? There's no environmental concern in China. Give me a break on the social issues. I mean, they're enslaving minority Muslim populations over there while Wall Street turns a blind eye. So China is the biggest victor in all of our silly ESG pushes at home that harm American investors and help the Chinese Communist Party. It's really, really sad. It is sad, and you're right. Well, Justin, one of the ways we can stop this is a new effort to break the gravy train by ending congressional insider trading. We don't see why government officials should be able to profit from the policies that they're forcing on the American people. Do you have a thought? The timing has never been better. You're, you're absolutely right that they shouldn't be able to invest in companies that they're then influencing with, with information that's not publicly available. You and I would be thrown in the clink if we did anything even close 
to what Nancy Pelosi and her cohorts do. So the, the, again, the timing is right. The American people see it. Um, and frankly, you know, it's from the left and the right. This, this should be bipartisan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Justin, so much for all the good work that you're doing. On the break, we'll learn how to stop D.C. greed and how you can, in less than 60 seconds, send a powerful message to Washington. The Tea Party movement started as a pushback to government overreach. There were a whole lot of components, including a protest of government-controlled health care, lavish government spending, and government corruption. In a short time, the Tea Party became a potent political force. We're beginning to see similar rumblings emerge this year. We see mass protests over mandates and lockdowns. We see demands to root out corruption. And most of all, we see demands for accountability, even as the government tries to stifle free speech and tell us to sit down, shut up, and go along. It's hard to ignore things like Nancy Pelosi and her husband building a $120 million fortune while trading stocks using what many believe may be legal but unethical insider trading. The big tech companies that tell us what to think and what we're allowed to say, they get a free pass from the government. But those in Congress who should be protecting us own stocks in those same companies and know in advance what's going to happen with them. No wonder we're seeing the American people get dramatically upset once again. No wonder the Congress and President Biden look so bad in the polls. To get a feel for the Tea Party sentiment today, we've asked Jenny Beth Martin into the economic war room. Jenny Beth is the CEO of Tea Party Patriots and a friend. She was there at the beginning of the Tea Party in 2009 and has proven to be a true leader in the movement. She's been named by Time Magazine as one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Welcome, Jenny Beth. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Hey, Jenny Beth, what are people thinking when they say Queen Pelosi with her $120 million net worth showing off her $24,000 freezer full of $12 a pound gourmet ice cream? I think that it just shows how completely out of touch she is with the average Americans and the people that she claims she wants to champion on Capitol Hill. Most Americans can't afford the luxuries that she has. And, you know, it's one thing if, if you're, you can afford it, but kind of showing off with it, trying to look like you're hip and cool and plugged in with, with the average American, that is not the way to do it. I certainly don't buy $12 a pint ice cream, and I don't think most Americans do. Yeah, no. So, and what bothers me is, is that, well, a recent poll found that three quarters of voters want to ban congressional stock trading because they believe that Congress has an unfair advantage. And Nancy Pelosi says, you know, I have a right to trade stocks. Uh, this doesn't seem right to me. What are your thoughts? Well, OK, so she has a right to trade stocks, but she doesn't have the right to know things that are going to happen, what kind of bills may be passing into law that game the system to advantage one company over another before the rest of the public does, and then to go act on that kind of knowledge. So um, I, I just think that the need, she that isn't the way that our system should have been set up. It certainly isn't taking the actions that I would expect a public servant to take. I, and so I think when you were, I, I just think that this is, again, just another example of how out of touch she is with average Americans. So what are your thoughts? I mean, there's bills being uh, pushed. Should we ban insider trading by Congress? 
Yeah, I think that we should ban insider trading by Congress. And actually, Senator Josh Hawley has a, a bill that he has introduced to do just that, to ban congressional insider trading. It would prohibit the elected member and their spouse from trading from trading stocks. They still could be inside of mutual funds or treasury bonds, but not individual stocks. And I think that that is a way to make what, what they are doing a bit actually more fair and that is a good approach to take. What we're seeing right now um, from people who are in Congress who have amassed wealth, especially if they're amassing wealth based on the knowledge of bills that will or will not pass and gaming the system in that manner, that isn't, that isn't fair. And a Fortune 500 company would not be allowed to do that and to trade stock that way. It's not right for members of Congress to do it either. Yeah, and it seems to work both ways because you've got uh, insider trading knowing what they're going to do with companies. But then you also have this risk of what if they own stock in something? Would they vote the right way? What's good for the American people? Or are they going to vote to support their interests? Yeah, and that that creates a real problem because you don't you don't know what is motivating them. Of course, even if they want to represent their people as as fairly as they possibly can, their own personal self interests are going to rise to to the top. That is human nature. So this is a way kind of to guard and create a check and a balance on human nature. I think that most Americans expect that people who step up and run for elected office should do so because they want to actually serve the public, not because they want to make a personal profit and fortune from the work as an elected official. And I, I think that Senator Hawley's bill is a way to help help guard, guard against that human nature and actually ha- help them live up to what we expect from public servants. Yeah, well, and and not only just in Congress. I think we've got to worry about this, too, with Hunter Biden taking all this money from Chinese companies and investing in Chinese companies and then giving a piece to the big guy. I mean, I think that's equally evil. Yeah, I think that you're exactly right. We need to be looking at what is going on with that and how people sell influence to Congress. And also one other area that I think we need to be looking at is the people who actually go and make the regulations who are not even elected officials. They are oftentimes amassing great personal wealth and they get to write regulations that are going to game things one way or the other, whether they intend to game it or not, there are unintended consequences. And what we saw with Hunter Biden and the attempts to sell access and the attempts to to kind of, it, it appears, it appears that it's an attempt to try to cover up how money is flowing to Joe Biden. That is just simply wrong. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, a weird type of money laundering. And then it's going through artwork and all these other things. I mean, th- this is not what we want from our public servants. Not not at all. In fact, the super majority of Americans think that it is wrong for Congress to to take advantage of the system this way. And they think that it is inherently unfair. Well, you're absolutely right. Thank you, Jenny Beth. It's always great to see you. Please keep up the good work. Thank you so much for having me. The bottom line is this. A form of insider trading has been allowed for too long in Washington, D.C., and that creates the risk of serious corruption. Politicians have gotten wealthy, and their voting is compromised. They too often work for big corporate interests, which have sold out to extreme progressive policies. 
This is economic warfare, pure and simple. It's an incestuous collaboration of big government, big tech, big corporations, and progressive activists. It's a big part of why we never seem to get what we need in Washington. That's why we are big supporters of the Stop DC Greed campaign. You can learn more about Stop DC Greed as well as the great work of Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch, Justin Danoff of the Free Enterprise Project, and Jenny Beth Martin of the Tea Party Patriots in our economic battle plan. If you're already a subscriber, we'll send you an email with a link. If you aren't a subscriber, you can become one free at economicwarroom.com. To make your voice heard, use the QR code and join the Stop DC Greed campaign. This is the first of several programs we intend to air on this important topic. Our government has been waging economic war against us, against we the people, with corruption, overspending, and massive debt buildups. It's time that we make our voices heard and take action. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room. 